And here we go. Otani time. presentation and today we will be taking a look at the current face of baseball the Japanese Babe Ruth Shohei Otani and obviously the kid has so much more story to write so we're just going to call this part one and I hope to do part two in about 15 years when his full story has been revealed but before we reveal part one, please remember to follow, like, subscribe, comment, rate me as you see fit. All interactions, they help me and the growth of the show. You can reach me at backwardskpod at gmail.com. And this show is available on most platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Podbean. So I'm all around. You can get a hold of me at backwardskpod at gmail.com. And uh, please, please rate and all that good stuff. Uh, I did get an email from a Kurt Stewart out of Columbus, Ohio. I thought it was pretty good, actually. He writes, uh, Snake, I just listened to your show on the Baseball Bunch, and I loved it. If they were to do a reboot of that show today, I would like to, I would like to see Jim Tomei as the coach. Bob Euchre as the dugout wizard, and the Philly Fanatic as the team mascot. And i got to admit, that sounds like a hell of a show. Uh, I would definitely watch that show. I think Jim Tomey is like this larger-than-life guy. He's a huge man. I think kids love that kind of thing. Uh, Bob Euchre, I mean, flat out the funniest guy in baseball right now. And the Philly Fanatic, I mean, he's a classic mascot. Why not? So... That's a really great uh, 
email that was sent. Good job, Kurt Stewart. First one in the mailbox. Uh, so, like I said, if you want to contact the show, email me at backwardskpod at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, domandsnakejake.podbean.com. And uh, worst comes to worst, you can always find me the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network, Facebook private group, answer the questions, and come on in. So, uh, today is a short stop pod. Like I said, there is a lot of story of Shohei to still be written, but I'm going to, you know, he's a little bit mysterious. He kind of snuck up on a few people. He didn't sneak up on me. I've been watching him for a couple years now. Um, but I figured I'd give you part one of his story. And a lot of people don't know much about where he comes from. So we're going to do a shortstop pod today on Shohei Otani. Otani was born on July 5th. 1994, in Oshu, Japan, which is located in the Iwadi Prefecture. A prefecture is kind of like uh, districts in America. Oshu is located about 40 miles north of Tokyo, and it is known for its rolling hills and rural farm living. Kind of sounds like central Pennsylvania. He comes from a long line of athletes, uh, and his family, his mother Kyoto, Kyoko, was a national level badminton player. And his father, Toru, he played outfield for a corporate sponsored league while he worked at the Mitsubishi plant. And even his siblings are blessed. Uh, his sister, Yuka, was an amazing volleyball player. And his older brother, Ryuta, is a, actually he's a former pro baseball player in Japan. And he now coaches over there. So the athletic DNA gene pool is strong in the Otani household. And as a child, Otani was described as a curious kid who would pretty much get into everything. Uh, His father said he would actively engage in anything that caught his curiosity. And if you weren't keeping an eye on him at all times, it could be a little dangerous. (laughs) Uh, Because he was always getting into everything. And like most red-blooded Japanese boys, he loved baseball. He began playing in Little League circuit, eight years old. But he just loved being around the game. He also loved to watch his big brother and his father play. And he was a huge, huge Tokyo Giants fan. He had the satellite TV hookup. He rarely missed a game on TV. And Hideki Matsui who would go on to play for the New York Yankees in the future. That was his favorite player as a kid. Uh, I know he's given a lot of reverence towards Ichiro Suzuki, as most Japanese players over over here have. But uh, if you had to nail Shohei down and say pick one player, he would pick Hideki Matsui. That was his guy. And at first, baseball was just a hobby. And sure, he would love to drop dong, just like Matsui from the left side. I mean, what Japanese kid wouldn't, right? It just didn't seem attainable to Otani as a kid. But something happened going into Hanami, Higashi High School. That's the same high school as Yusei Kikuchi, who pitches for the St. Louis uh, Seattle Mariners. So he goes into high school and he begins to have this growth spurt. 
And he's truly becoming a man among boys. He's starting to hit the ball harder than his uh, more diminutive Japanese teammates. And he's certainly throwing the ball much, much harder than these cats. So as he's having more success on the field, he's gaining more confidence. And as his confidence is growing, so is the passion. And the passion is leading to this desire to learn everything about the game of baseball. And the one thing I learned about the Otani family unit is that it really is kind of like this perfect machine of love and support. The Otani family realizes how much one another means to each other, and they really rally around each other in tight situations. It's, it's actually, it's very sweet. If you're someone who didn't grow up in a household like that, you see that it's a very sweet thing. And, you know, they're so tight. When his brother wasn't playing pro ball, he, he would work with the younger Otani-san. But really, it was his father, Toru, that really invested in teaching Shohei the fundamentals and more. His father recently said, and to me, I felt a little sadness when he was saying, if I had only worked together with Ryota more, uh, I have to give Shohei what I couldn't give to his older brother. And before I talk about Shohei Otani as a teen, I need the audience to understand how huge Japanese high school baseball is. Um, it's bigger than the Nippon Professional Baseball League. It's bigger than the Japanese World Series. It's bigger than Major League Baseball for sure. You need to think like... Final four on steroids. Most of these Japanese people, they, they don't live in bigger cities in Japan like Tokyo, Yokohama, or Osaka. Most people in Japan, they live in these smaller prefectures. And they connect with schools of their communities. And it's kind of like college fans here in America. For example, a kid in, say, Altoona, Pennsylvania. He has a special communicate uh, connection with Penn State. It doesn't mean he doesn't like the pro teams three hours away in Pittsburgh. He probably does, but the connection is different. It's not as tribal, and it's certainly not as communal. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing here in Japanese high school baseball. The communities really identify with these schools. And their main spectacle, their final four, well, it's the Summer Cochine High School Baseball Tournament. A lot of businesses close as fans like to get together, go to each other's houses, or meet at a bar, and they'll go watch the tournament. And every single player that has ever come from Japan to play in the United States has played in that tournament. And I mean, think about that. All of them. From Hideo Nomo all the way up here to Shohei Atani. And when I do my show on Japanese baseball here on Backwards K-Pod, we will hit on the Koshin High School tournaments for sure. 
So, entering high school, it's clear that this big athletic kid is kind of special. And at six, age 16, his pitches are in the mid-90s. And when he's 18, he throws a pitch 99 miles per hour. And that's the hardest pitch ever thrown by a Japanese pitcher at that time. He's six four feet, uh, six feet four inches of, I mean, just powerful Japanese dynamite. He's becoming this dy dynamic player. And, however, the the growth spurt that I was telling you about it resulted in a lot of groin and hamstring injuries, and that dogged him throughout his high school career. Also, during this period, his pitching mechanics were out of whack. His delivery had become stiff, and he had troubles with command. Now, eventually, he would work through those problems as he's growing into his body. He participated in the 18 and Under World Championship 2012 in Seoul, South Korea. And 10 and a thirds innings pitch, Shohei had an 0-1 record, 16 strikeouts, 8 walks, 5 hits, 5 runs, and a 4.35 ERA. And it's around this time that American scouts are starting to follow him around and show he makes a decision that he wants to go to the United States to play in the major leagues as soon as he gets out of high school. Something that hasn't been done in Japan yet. And to be fair, there were teams that were very interested. The Rangers, Mariners, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees, they all showed interest in signing the young Otani-san. And even though he made it known that he was going to be going to the United States to play in Major League Baseball, the Nippon Hamfighters GM, Maseo Yamada, he took a gamble and he drafted the young phenom with the number one pick and then he spent the next few weeks pitching Otani-san on the idea of staying in Japan. And the pitch is very simple. Yamada pointed out that if he stayed in Japan, he could go straight to the pros and forego those long charter bus rides and hotels in the middle of nowhere America, languishing in the minor leagues. And also, you put your young formative years here in Japan. You can cash on millions of yen in endorsement deals. And last but not least, and certainly not least, here you're going to have a chance to pitch and hit. And nothing is guaranteed in America. That's certainly not guaranteed in America because, look, I'm going to tell you, American GMs, owners, scouts, managers... They're all late to the party, man. It's always been that way. They're always late. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think anyone would have gave him the opportunity. They would have seen him struggle on one end, and they would have said, all right, we're going to do this. You know, they, they feel like it's much easier to teach you one thing. And baseball is such a hard sport. In America, I, mean, I think about Nick Markakis. The Orioles drafted him as a hitter, but every single team outside of the Orioles wanted him as a pitcher. You know, and it's always one or the other. Nick Markakis probably could have played two ways, but they don't look at it that way in America. 
And so the pitch worked. With the help of the Otani family support system, Otani reverses course, and he decides to stay home where the Nippon Ham Fighters select him overall, number one in that 2012 draft. Now, I, I, I can't wait to do a Baseball Japan show. I'll, I'll break a lot of these teams down and their traditions, and I can't wait for that pod, so stay tuned. On March 29, 2013, Shohei Otani makes his uh, Nippon Professional Baseball League debut as the right fielder for the fighters. He's assigned the number 11, which was previously worn by fighters legendary pitcher Hugh Darvish, who had taken his talents to Arlington, Texas, to play for the Rangers in the major leagues. And in that rookie year, he went 3-0 with a 4.23 ERA, 33 walks, 46 strikeouts in 61 and two-thirds innings pitch. He had a batting slash of 238, 284, 376, and 204 plate appearances. And that was good enough for second in Rookie of the Year voting. And during the next two seasons, Shohei's progression on the bump and in the box, it was steady. And the phenom is beginning to solidify his spot on the team. He was voted into both All-Star games, and his salary now was reaching around 100 million yen a year, which is around 860,000 U.S. dollars. And he's beginning to square up on Japanese pitching. He's batting 274, 31 RBI, 842 OPS, 10 home runs. As a pitcher, he went 11-4 with a 2.61 ERA. That was in 24 starts. He struck out 179 and 155 in the third innings pitched. And his 10.4 strikeouts per nine was the best in Japan. And opponents hit a paltry 223 against him. He became the first player in Japan to ever hit double digits in home runs and wins. His one nothing shutout against the Oryx Buffaloes. That was Ichiro Suzuki's former team. Uh, that shutout, it made him the first pitcher out of high school to throw a shutout within the first two seasons of his pro career. And he was the first to do that since Toshiaki Moriyasu in 1967. During the 2014 Mazda All-Star Game, he threw a 101-mile-per-hour fastball in the bottom of the first inning. And that broke his old record that he had set at 18 years old at 99 miles an hour. He now set the bar at 101 miles per hour. And that is, again, the fastest pitch ever thrown by a Japanese hurler. And during the postseason, Otani was selected to join the national team they were dubbed Team Samurai, and they participated in the Suzuki All-Stars, which was a five-game friendly series versus Major League Baseball stars. In Game 1, he pitched a clean scoreless frame. Game 5, in the Sapporo Dome, uh, the team lost 3-1. to one. The team defense betrayed him, giving up two on runs, and then they just weren't hitting the ball. But... With a dazzling array of hissing fastballs, tight-looping curveballs, a fork ball that just disappears as it rumbles towards the plate. Otani's confidence was growing 
as Major League Baseball hitters were basically submitting to his will. And I saw that tape where he just, he broke Ben Zobris' ankles in the batter's box. I mean, he uncorked him. It was ridiculous. Zobris looked totally confused and embarrassed. 2015 was Otani's third professional and his second full season for the fighters. His offensive numbers dipped as he was moved from the outfield to designated hitter. He batted 202, 252, 376, five dongs and 109 at-bats. But his performance on the mound, uh, stellar. Went 15-5, 2.24 ERA, 190 strikeouts and 160 and two-thirds innings pitched. He finished third in Pac League MVP and was among the three finalists for the 2015 Sawamura Award, which is the uh, Japanese equivalent, Cy Young. And that's got to be the hardest thing for any two-way player is to have consistency on the mound and in the box. I mean, Jesus Christ, baseball is hard enough. It's hard enough to figure out how to hit the ball. Now you got it. You got it. I, I just don't know how he does it. It, it. it blows me away. In 2016, Otani is a beast on the mound, in the box. It's his breakout season as a hitter. He slashed 322, 416, 588, 22 dongs, 18 doubles, 65 runs, 67 RBIs, 7 stolen bases. And on the mound, Shohei was his usual badass self, going 10 and 4 with a 1.86 ERA, 174 strikeouts, and 140 innings pitched. He led the fighters to the 2016 Japanese series or Jap- Japan series, and he played a pivotal role in winning that championship. He lost game one to the Hiroshima Cart, striking out 11 and six innings pitched. But he allowed three runs, uh, three runs, and he took the loss. It sounds like sometimes when he pitches three runs, these these guys they're just not they're not hitting behind him some of these times here. With the fighters down uh, two games to zero, he came up huge in game three as the DH. He got three hits, a run, and an RBI. In the bottom of the tenth, his walk off single is what kept the fighters alive. In fact. The Ham Fighters would go on to win the next three games to win their second Japan Series title. And in the series, Otani was more impactful with the lumber than on the mound. He batted 377, 412, 625 with four doubles. And by the end of the year, the year's end, he made the best nine award as both top pitcher and top designated hitter in the Pack League. So the best nine award. Uh, I'm sure you can probably figure it out. It really should be called the best 10 award in Japan now because, you know, they have a designated hitter. But the best not award, it is what it is. They go, they go to each league. They go to the pack league, and they go, you know, to the, the other side. And uh, they, 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 they tell you who's the best player at each position. They give that guy an award, and there you go. It's the best nine. Well, it should be called the best 10. Uh, he was also the landside winner of the 2016 Pacific League MVP. He gathered 253 of 254 first-place picks. 
Uh, that's kind of ironic because last year he won the AL MVP and he was unanimous. So he's unanimous here and he missed it by one vote there. In 2017, Otani only played in 65 games as he had little uh, trouble all year dealing with an ankle injury he suffered in the Japan Series. The ankle injury limited his playing time and he had surgery which caused the sensation to miss the WBC. And that's another show I'll certainly be doing, the World Baseball Classic. So, he finished the year hitting 332 with eight home runs, and he pitched to a 3-2 record with a 3.20 ERA on the bump. So, in September, Otani made it known that he would ask to be posted to play in the major leagues. And on December 8th, 2017, Otani agrees to a deal with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, because he was under 25 years old, Otani was subject, subjected to, they're called international signing role, uh, rules. And these rules capped his bonus at $3.55 million. They limit his salary to a rookie salary scale. And if he had just waited until he was 25, he could have forgone these signing restrictions, and he could have commanded upwards of around, I'm going to say around $200, $225 million. In fact, the Boston Red Sox had asked Shohei to hold up signing so they could blow him away with a financially more attractive deal. But Otani and his family, after laying out all the options, they decided Shohei was ready to make his mark in America. His 12.3 salary was less than his $20 million posting fee. And this is what the posting the po this is how the posting fee works. So the Los Angeles Angels now send $20 million to the Nippon Ham Fighters just to have the right to negotiate with Otani to come here. So, to, to clear it all up, the Angels paid $20 million to sign Otani for $12 million. I know, it's crazy, right? Now, I'm not going to get involved in his current American chapter because, I mean, like I said, there is so much story for Otani to write. Despite a UCL sprain in his right elbow, Shohei would win the AL Rookie of the Year in 2018. Despite all the naysayers who swore no one could ever play both ways. And I, I heard it all. Otani has proved them wrong. In the beginning, the Angels had these weird Otani rules which said he would pitch one game a week and he would hit four days and... This is the way he was used in Japan. However, the Angels did away with that horse shit. And they have the, the, the mindset to maximize Otani's wins above replacement value. And after a year and a half of production that was well below Otani's lofty standards, he broke out in 2021 with his new surgically repaired elbow. Otani made all those non-believers eat their words. He played in 155 games, 
slash 257, 372, 592, 46 home runs, 100 RBIs, 26 stolen bases, and on the mound, Otani was almost as amazing, posting a 9-2 record with a 3.18 ERA, 156 strikeouts, and 130 in a third innings pitch. And his play was good enough to be voted AL Most Valuable Player in a unanimous vote. And the Angels didn't make the playoffs last year, so the amazing season was capped off for Otani by playing in the All-Star game, both as the starting pitcher and the leadoff hitter. And if that ain't enough, folks, he also performed in the home run derby. Now, he would lose to Nat Slugger Juan Soto in the first round, but even though he lost, he hit six home runs 500 feet or more, which is the most ever by a single player in a home run derby. And I mean, he was launching him 117 miles per hour off the bat. And his, I'm going to tell you right now, the sound of the ball coming off Otani's bat is unlike anything I've heard since Mark McGuire. Facts. From the time he got his first hit and his first at bat, he has been constantly put under like these uh, American microscopes. Only he and Babe Ruth have made multiple starts on the mound while leading the league in home runs. Four years into his American stint, Otani is earning around $6 million in annual endorsements, which is the highest in MLB. He also earns about $10 million yen in Japan, making him the most marketable baseball player in the world. He has become the face of a league that's hoping to globalize. His endorsements include Seiko, Topps, Hugo Boss, New Era, Asics, and Oakleys, among many others. And thank God there's like no signs of him being this multi-millionaire American athlete who's out of touch with the average fan. His mom still handles his finances, and every week she stipends $1,000 to show his account for, you know, just spending money. And he rarely ever uses it all. He's still that same humble and charming boy from the country on whom fame and fortune have had little effect. In his four years MLB career thus far, Shohei has a slash of 264, 353, 537, 73 doubles, 15 triples. He led the league last year with eight. I mean, he is, he's an all-around athlete. He moves like a train. 93 home runs, 247 RBIs, and an OPS plus of 137. And on the mound, <laughs> he has a 722 winning percentage, which to me, that's pretty, that's pretty good for a, a mediocre Angels team. He's 13-5 with a 3.53 ERA in 35 starts, 156 strikeouts and 183 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 125 ERA plus, and a 1.16 whip. So, part two of this story, I'm hoping it's going to come out in about 15 years from now. 
when Otani is about to go into the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep this podcast running (laughs) until that guy decides he's going to hang it up and then we're going to finish part two and then that's going to be my last podcast, folks. So I got about 15 years, I'm hoping, waiting for Otani. And uh, I wish the kid nothing but the best. He is a total freak. I know I'm a little bit biased, a guy from, with Japanese descent, but uh, I, I love the guy. I, he, I am so all about Shohei Otani, and I wish him well. And well, folks, I hope you enjoyed our shortstop pod today on Shohei Otani. Just an amazing, beautiful ball player. I can't see. I can't wait to see what he does next. I mean, Angels should be kind of exciting with the additions of Noah Syndergaard, Wiesel Iglesias. Uh, David Fletcher, another year on his belt. Jared Walsh looks for real. To get Red Known and Trout back. Shohei Otani. I, I can't wait to see what the Angels do next season. Honestly. And speaking of next, our next show here on Backwards K Pod will be on the colorful 1934 St. Louis Cardinals team, better known as the Gas House Gang. But that's another story for another pod. Please like, subscribe, follow, comment, and rate my performance as you see fit. Parents, if you see your kid sitting on the couch, looking bored, by all means, take him or her outside and play a game of catch. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless and good night.